Okay, Alex, the beekeeper, one of my good friends. Um, so I think the first thing we're going to start is just tell us a bit about yourself. I obviously know you. People who don't know you, who are you? What are you? Yeah. So I'm Alex, yeah. I'm a solar engineer for a company here in Zambia. So we design uh, small systems all the way down from a household system to a full like camp or off-grid solution for a big industry or something, yeah. So yeah, that's pretty much what I do. Hobby beekeeping on the side as well. Yeah. Okay, but I think when I knew at university, there was no discussion of beekeeping whatsoever. It just became something that I think when I chatted to you, you showed me a picture of you in a bee suit, and I was like, ah, this guy was just dabbling with some stuff. But how did you actually get into beekeeping? Then? So I've been interested in beekeeping for a while. Um, but I guess my first experience with beekeeping was going to America and uh, Morgan's aunt, my girlfriend, yeah, uh, her aunt uh, has bees there. So got to put on a suit. I asked if we could go check the bees. I was quite excited and yeah, got to put the suit on and go check them out. And yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, obviously, those are Italian bees, so they're almost domesticated. Okay. Uh, so very chilled out compared to our um, African killer bees. <laughs> yeah, so quite a different uh, bee, but yeah. That's kind of how I got in there. And yeah, when I was studying in South Africa, I was at, towards the end there interested in keeping some bees. But in the city, it's a little bit difficult. Okay. So as soon as I moved out back to Zambia, yeah. So you to... actually did this, or you went, when you went to America for the first time, you were still studying. Yeah. And then that's where you started realizing, well, you want to actually do this thing. Yeah. And then looked at possibly doing pollination services or whatever. So just yeah, learning at the moment, uh, catching bees here and there. Okay, so you mentioned something about two different types of bees, Italian bees. Yeah. Which, as you said, I think you mentioned one time on our walk about them being a lot more domesticated and you've got the African killer bees. So what other type of bees do you get out there that you know of? Uh, so I think there's colonolans or something. Yeah, there's a few different types, but the main... The main ones are Italian, and then here we've got what is Aphis mellifera scutellata, which is the the African bees that can be super aggressive. Okay. Which is a bit weird because some of the bees I've uh, removed are super chill, and then the next ones they want to kill you and they won't leave you alone for forty minutes. Yeah. Okay. How long have you actually been doing this? Because I think so. You mentioned obviously when you went to America. Yeah. So I think you got into it a bit but then now you've been doing for a while now from what i understand yeah. from the videos that i've seen and the pictures that you've sent me so how long have you been doing it and what's been cool about it so end of last year's when i started so i put a few swarm traps out to try catch so that a swarm trap is pretty much um a house that the bees might move into so you put a cavity or a bucket or something in the tree and then um, you put some stimulant there some wax then how bees replicate is when the hive gets too full, half the hive leaves with the queen to look mm. for a new home. So you're hoping that your swarm trap is their new home mm. and then you can you can get them. So I started that last year. I caught a small hive, but I didn't look what's, like that. What's a small hive? It looked like 50 or so bees. So it's almost like a tree fell over with their hive and the, the survivors went to my thing. So I couldn't do anything because they didn't have a queen. They just moved into my box and I let them live out their days, but they couldn't really reproduce. I think one thing that you've mentioned now briefly, but you've also explained to me, what what is the importance of capturing a queen? So the queen's the only one that can um, lay eggs. Um, so she's the, the most important bee. 
so you need her there because worker bees can lay but they're always male so she can only uh, lay fertilized eggs so it's important to get her and they follow her so if you if you remove a hive from someone's ceiling if you get the queen in your box then you're looking pretty good because all the bees will move in and to protect the queen and be with but the queen yeah. visually can you see that it is a queen yeah so the thorax is a little bit longer but I mean, when there's 7,000 bees, it's very hard to see where she is. And so some guys will, you get a little kit and you can, once you catch the queen, you mark her back with like, um, like orange paint. Mm -hmm. So then when you're looking through your hive, you can check her and make sure you don't injure her. Because obviously if you kill the queen by accident, it can be a problem. They can make a new queen, but that takes like six weeks or so. And you might lose all of it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But I think also, what you you've mentioned now is obviously beforehand i think you said something about when you get closer to the queen the bees start getting a little bit more aggressive isn't it yeah the tone changes i've mean? noticed so like i was removing a hive from someone's ceiling and then as i got about halfway in i was touching the one area there and then the whole like frequency of the hive so it was like then saying like you knew you were getting close to the queen and start becoming dangerous yeah then like they get a bit more aggressive and yeah so like on an average how many bees are you looking at obviously i think it depends on how big the hive is yeah but what you've dealt with on average what do you say the size of the hive has been uh probably five to ten thousand bees or so is i think roughly there. yeah so obviously with ten thousand bees or well, let's actually talk about your gear so to go and i guess retrieve this bee or the queen or the whole hive what is it that you go in what is your battle gear to make sure that you you're coming out of this thing on the positive end <laughs> well i mean i bought a, a ventilated bee suit so it's three layers of mesh and it lets the air through because mm. the problem is it gets really hot here mm. and that first bee suit i tried on in america it was also hot there and i felt sick mm. it was just way too hot so i got the ventilated one and that comes with rubber, uh, well, leather gloves. Some people buy the, uh, the rubber ones. Mm. And then I have been using uh, just normal, like, trainers. But uh, that, that has ended quite poorly <laughs> in the one instance. So I bought myself some gum boots and now seems pretty secure. But for the very aggressive bees, I will be wearing a second layer underneath okay. uh, after being stung. Quite so badly. I guess <laughs> it'll be very stupid of me to probably think, that there are people which do this thing without getting stung. So how often do you get stung and how's the pain? Are you used to it or is it something that you dread before you go attack your hive or get what you want from a hive? So generally with the bee suit, you don't normally get stung. But with the ventilated one, sometimes if you bend your knee, the material gets tight over the knee and then they can get you there. Um, so that's not too great, but I'd say if you're removing hives, you're in awkward positions where the material gets tight, you might get yeah, two or so stings, um, which uh, it's not that bad for me. Like it, it hurts, it hurts for two minutes, then the pain's gone, then it's more of an irritation, just gets a bit itchy. Mm -hmm. um, as long as it's not too many in one place, you, you're good. Uh, obviously in America with the Italian bees, you see guys on YouTube with no gear at all. But no suit. No suit. They're just pulling it out. The guy might get stung twice or so, but it's he doesn't get attacked, and yeah, so it's quite might, impressive. Yeah. So that might give people the wrong perception that if they watch someone from America and they've got Italian bees, they think, ah, this thing's easy. I can just go do this. The bees won't sting me. I might get stung twice. Yeah. And they come do it here in Zambia. With the, else. Yeah, definitely with the African killer bees. There's one instance where if I didn't have a suit, I'd definitely be dead. Those bees 
followed me for 45 minutes or so and eventually I got on the back of a car to get rid of them because yeah I just couldn't get them off me to get in the car okay so let's talk more about that because I think you mentioned that bees can travel quite far chasing a person right? mm. what are some of the horror stories I guess not ones that you've gone into but just some of the horror stories you've heard about bees attacking people and obviously I think in those cases those are more African killer bees right yeah exactly yeah so they say they can follow you up to two kilometers so obviously if you're running two kilometers that's going to take you I mean if you're running really fast maybe 10 minutes mm. and if you get stung a few thousand times you could easily die mm. yeah so they say up to two kilometers and it's only happened to me once where they wouldn't go away mm. normally if you just move away from the hive they leave you alone so it is a risky business yeah, it's it's fairly risky, yeah. But you you still okay with it as yeah. a hobby? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't mind getting stung yeah, here and there. I mean, the one time I got stung a few too many times, you saw my ankle, it was <laughs> swollen. Yeah, I don't know, 15 stings in one ankle is not very good. Yeah. yeah, so that's, I mean, there you maybe question it, but two or three stings on a bee removal is that's part of the course. Okay. They're just trying to protect themselves, yeah. But now when you go into, let's say, a hive, <coughs> are you particularly going for honey or what is it that you're going to do or both? So at the moment I'm trying to build up hives. Okay. So I want to get a whole bunch of hives and then start splitting them and making more hives uh, to look further into more of the business sense of pollination services. Mm. So blueberry farmers will pay you per hive uh, to keep them on their farm so that they pollinate their blueberries and they'll get 30% more yield so it's it's good for them it's good for me so the honey would be more of a secondary thing mm. um, obviously at the moment i've only got one hive uh, so it would be nice to get a bit of honey from there um, and then obviously also i want to make some mead so mead is alcohol made from honey mm. so generally honey and water and then yeast there's a few different things you can add fruits all sorts of things but essentially yeah you you have your uh, container it's roughly half honey half water you put yeast in there and the yeast eat sugar and poop out alcohol mm -hmm. and so yeah really keen to do that i bought the all the equipment for that uh just need to do my first harvest of honey and then yeah okay. well, you'll have to try some but what you've mentioned sort of is like there's a bit of genetics there's a bit of um, you say different so we've spoken about the two different types of bees particularly which are the most common ones pollination which gives the farmers or the blueberry farmers a 30 percent more yield this sounds a lot of, like it's very scientific. So is it something that you've studied or do you just wing it? Or are there parts where you've studied and some parts that you've winged it? So I, I did a lot of research because I mean, at first glance, they seem quite simple. But uh, when you look into it, bees are very complicated and you keep learning new stuff all the time. Yeah. Yeah, so I definitely did a lot of research. But then after that, at some point, you just need to take the plunge and, and just jump in there so and you're no, gonna make mistakes but you'll learn from them so there's no so that you don't feel like you should analyze the situation too much know what you're doing obviously and i guess there's some things like we had on obviously the previous weekend where we learned quite a lot yeah. but um i guess the best way to do is just jump into it right i think so yeah and if you do have someone uh in your community that that uh, has bees it would be a good idea to go with them and check them out first and try and uh, put on a suit and learn from them um i didn't have well i went once out with someone but then after that i just made a plan and i guess youtube's your friend <laughs> got stung the eventually YouTube, yeah. <laughs> yeah caught the bees yeah okay but 
Now, through this journey, okay, so you've started at the end of last year. Is it something that you wish that you had started earlier in life or do you think that it came to you just at the right time? Yeah, I'd say just at the right time because you need to be in the right place to look after bees. So obviously I'm on a farm outside Lasaka, so there's a lot of space here. The owners have said I can keep bees here. And obviously people are a bit more scared of bees around here because mm. in America guys will keep them in their backyard. Uh, here you want to keep them a bit further away. Uh, well, they say 50, 50 meters from animals and people. Okay. I'll probably go a bit further than that. I mean, the current bees I have are in the back garden, but these ones are quite uh, tame. Yeah. And so this is the right time because previously I was moving all over the place. I couldn't have committed to having bees. Yeah. So you feel settled now that you can actually start it. Yeah. So I think you mentioned obviously your mesh suit, and I have obviously recently seen you make a smoker. So what's the whole concept of the smoker? What does it do? Uh, is it something that everyone needs or is it something that sort of depends on where you are? Yeah, so I'd say it's a good idea to have a smoker. Um, yeah, so I built one. Uh, I ordered one and it's been delayed so much I just decided to build my own. Um, but that's, yeah, it's very useful because it calms the bees down. So when you go to check your hive, you puff a bit of smoke in the door and they think there's a forest fire. So they all start stocking up on honey and eating that and that calms them down. Yeah, I guess like a food coma type thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's useful. And then also I've used it to uh, deter the bees from going back to where they were. Okay. So I removed the bees from a damn wall once. Um, got all their comb. So their comb consists of honey. Some of it's honey, some of it's babies. And so when you're cutting out, they call it a cutout, mm -hmm. when you remove bees from somewhere and you're cutting out their comb. So the honey generally I put aside. Because if you cut it open and try to put it in the box, it's a sticky mess. It sticks to the bees, like they drown in it. Everything gets messy. So it's best to remove that. You can feed the bees later because obviously now they're not going to have any food. But um, yeah, cut out all their babies, put them inside the box. Um, and then if you can, shake the bees into the box. But sometimes, like this was a hole in the ground on a dam wall, so you couldn't do that. So I smoked them out. I put a lot of smoke in there and then the bees, uh, it was uncomfortable for them. So they flew out of there and actually settled on my hive. Half the bees settled on my hive, half the bees settled on a small shrub next door. So then I took the, that box once half the bees were in there, put it underneath, shook the bees and then closed the door. Then I left them there. But the, the, I closed the lid. So mm. the front door is open for them to go in and out of. But how did you get... As soon as you started smoking them, was there something that you had to do for, to get them to get into the box? Well, some of them were already on the, the comb. Mm -hmm. the, what do they call them? The nurse bees that are looking after um, the babies. So they were there. And then, yeah, they, they tend to go towards it. Because in, in the wild, say for instance, there was a tree with bees in. Mm -hmm. This tree could burn down and fall over. The bees need to learn how to orientate back to where their, their babies are. So they, I mean, it is a natural process for them to go back to where where their comb is okay so you had to take their comb out where the babies were so that they were like okay cool let's gravitate towards them and try to sort of protect them right yeah exactly uh, okay. um, out of your I know you you'd probably think it's quite short um, through your experience now with beekeeping and stuff like that what is your most let's say exciting moment and what's your most embarrassing moment? <laughs> yeah I'd say they probably fall in the same the same story <laughs> So um, I got a call from my aunt saying, no, someone needs to get rid of some bees. Uh, do you want to go get them out? I said, yeah, great. Send me the guy's number. 
So I called him and he said, no, there's bees in this electrical box. Um, I asked for pictures because sometimes guys think uh, wasps or hornets or something are, are bees. <laughs> so you always have to make sure because some, some wasps um, make comb and it looks very, from a distance, people think maybe yeah. there's bees there. Yeah. So I've learned after doing this quite a few times that always get the pictures and you want to see, can you actually get these bees out? Because some guys, it'll be like, 10 meters up a tree mm. and that's just dangerous and difficult to get out so then i'd rather not do that this one was in an electrical box so yeah, a decent sized box maybe we can put a clip up i've got yeah. a nice picture okay. of the hive yeah. yeah so they were in there so i arrived at eight in the morning on a sunday um uh, to remove the bees so it was quite exciting because i was like no i think this is a big hive and he says he doesn't know how long they've been there so generally that means they've been there quite a while <laughs> Anyway, so he calls the neighbor and says, no, this guy's removing the bees. Just be careful with your kids. And they're like, oh, can we come watch? <laughs> so I was like, yeah, you can come watch. Maybe park your car there. So they got in there. It was like a small hatchback parked close to the bees. Uh, put their windows up. Obviously, had the fan on. And then I put my suit on and everything. Uh, anyway, went there, opened the hive, took some photos because it was a very big hive. Mm. I was quite impressed, so we'll, we'll show that on the Did screen. You, how many were you estimating there? Yeah, maybe 10,000, I think, because oh, okay. it was quite a big one. Yeah. Yeah, still, I'm not too sure about estimates yet, but I'd say around about there. Okay. But anyway, got the suit on, yeah, and everything. Then I went there, opened it up, took some photos. I started cutting out some comb, and then the bees found the weak spot in my suit, which was at the ankles. I normally wear a double layer of socks and then uh, just standard uh, tackies or trainers. Um, and the six or so hives I'd done before that, that had worked really well. Mm -hmm. But these bees latched on, and then I couldn't get them off my ankles. They just kept going in there, and I got like 30 or so stings. So anyway, but now the awkward part is there's a whole bunch of kids <laughs> spectating and I'm getting mauled by bees. Anyway, so I just indicated to them that I was fine. I was just being stung on the ankles. I needed to make another plan. So I was going to try get some boots. Anyway, I went to the other end of this person's yard and that was like, I don't know, like 300 meters away from the hive. And I could not get these bees off me. I thought, because they normally just go back to their hive and leave you alone. Mm. But these bees just kept going. They kept getting into my ankles and I found a sprinkler there, so I found it on the ground and I was like showering myself. I was soaked. I could not get rid of these bees. And then I wanted to indicate to the like guys whose house it was that I was okay. I was just trying to get rid of the bees so that I could get some boots mm -hmm. and that like they shouldn't panic and call like emergency services or something. Um, but now the buzzing around my face was so loud. I got my phone and now it's leather gloves. Mm -hmm. So now it's very hard to use and bees were going on the phone like and they they were actually moving parts of the phone because the touch screen and eventually i got through put it on speaker and then chatted to the guy just said no it's fine i just can i borrow you do you have some boots and so he opens up his garage and there's motorbike boots there but then by then i'd like no i've been stung too much and it, it was hurting so i was like no i need to come back with more protection hmm. and so it was the ankles maybe 30 or so stings and then maybe on the back here and there these bees were really bad hmm. Yeah, so that was wild. Anyway, could not still get these bees <laughs> off me. And there were dead bees everywhere. Because obviously once they sting you, they die. Yeah. And like once they get soaked in water, they're on the floor. Oh, it was a mess. Eventually the guy's like, can I bring uh, a pickup truck around the back there and we'll go around down the road? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a plan because I can't get in my car with thousands of bees on me. Yeah. And so then he comes driving around. I jump on the back and we cruise down the road at 100 kilometers an hour or so. And then eventually all the bees kind of blow off. Yeah.
then came back, got in the car and left, bought myself some gum boots on the way back. <laughs> By then, my ankles were just red. I thought it would be fine. Yeah. But then, yeah, later that day, actually, that was, I picked you up from the airport that the day. day yeah, yeah, the day before. Oof. It was brutal. Because no, so I still remember you were thinking that you were going to go back in the evening. I was like, ah, bruh, just wait for your ankles to swell up. And I'm sure you're fine because of the adrenaline. And you said it wasn't hurting anymore. Yeah, they, they swelled up. I had cankles. You couldn't tell I had ankles <laughs> anymore. It just went solid from the calf down to the foot. Oof, that was painful. I even, I thought I was going to take a sick day on Monday when yeah. I got out of bed. But after walking, getting the blood flowing, I managed um, and then there's obviously the concern people say if you get stung by a lot of bees there's a chance of you developing an allergic reaction mm-hmm. from what I've read you either become more resilient to bee stings or less okay. so I think in, in my case I've got more resilient because I've been stung a few times after that and I was fine okay. so that's good um, but I was super determined to get back there I had my boots uh, I was going to wear an extra few layers and I was going to get these things out um, but yeah the guy the next Sunday he was busy uh, then this Sunday, yeah, I sent him a message and he says he wants to leave the bees there because, um, yeah, he, he's fine with them there. Because I think after I had done that, <laughs> they harassed people for a whole week. You couldn't go near that area without being stunned. Yeah. Now they've normalized. So I think he's a bit nervous that I will uh, aggravate, aggravate them, them again. again. Mm. Yeah. So that's that's a bit bleak because I kind of wanted to conquer my uh, my demon I <laughs> get the bees out because I was I had to pretty much run away from that fight <laughs> yeah no but even with the whole bee thing like I think okay, I think I've only been stung once at the back of the neck but I was young and I cried but I cannot put myself in a situation where I think I'm fine with getting stung or knowing that there's a possibility of myself getting stung because mm-hmm, like I don't know, for me, I just hate blood pain. Not blood pain, sharp pain. Sharp pain. Um, so, no, I think if I could avoid it, I would. Um, and obviously, big ups to you because I guess at the end of the day, like for me or anyone else who's not into beekeeping, I guess there's no sort of reward for that pain. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is that you obviously have this vision of having your hives and your pollination services. So, for you, every time you go through that, it's sort of worth it. But yeah. for me, nah, bruh. <laughs> it's uh, probably the worst thing. Because also another thing you got to look at is once the bee stings you, the obviously the bee dies, yeah. then its its sting stays in you and that keeps pumping venom in. And then uh, if you go and grab it, yeah. you squeeze more in and it makes it worse. Uh, so they always say get a razor blade and, and scrape it off. Okay. Because And then obviously a problem was I was removing uh, bees from a tree and the mesh is here on your mask. And then as you lean up to, to cut the comb out, my chin got on the, the mesh and I got stung through the suit and that's you you can't do anything about that because if you take that off then you'll get stung so you just have to let that venom pump mm, into you mm, mm. and obviously that hurts quite a bit um, but that, it, was that the worst spot that you got stung yeah and then obviously I had a bit of a fat chin luckily at that time my beard was quite soft so no <laughs> one could tell I got stung because my I mean my fear is to get stung on the eye and have a fat eye and people think you're in a bar fight or something <laughs> like sure you got stung yeah. by a bee <laughs> but now where are the most interesting places that you've actually found your hives or bees yeah so uh probably one of the most interesting was just in an open tree so it was like a bush with at the top there with small sticks and then they just created their hive there and the day before I got there, it rained. Mm-hmm. And the bees were just in the open, so I don't know. And then I read about it because I thought, wow, this is not very common. Mm-hmm. And they said, no, in warmer climates, they can do that. 
So that was surprising because uh, from what I've seen, it's always in a cavity. So like someone's ceiling or inside a tree trunk or uh, most recently found the ones you were there as yeah. well in the dam wall. Yeah. Because in Zambia, the problem is ants, the tiny ants and medium-sized ants give uh, bees a hard time. Mm. They steal their, their nectar and they can really like damage a hive. So I was surprised that they were in a cavity in a, in a dam wall because that's just in mud. And I did find termites right next door. Okay. Um, so that was very interesting. Um, but then again, I, I spoke to um, a friend of mine and he said he stepped in a hole and he was walking through the bush and there were bees in there. Gee, and got that was actually yesterday. And he said, no, he's, he's found it a few times when they're in a hole. Okay. And yeah, he got quite badly stung on the leg. Jeez. Just walking through the bush um, and yeah, accidentally. Aggravated um, some bees. Yeah. And actually the guy who owns this farm, he was yeah. telling me a story. So he was mowing grass. He was on a tractor with a big mower behind. Mm -hmm. He had his Jack Russell um, on his lap and he's just mowing, mowing the grass. And then he drove over a beehive. So it's obviously out in the, in the fields. Jeez. And he drove over it and then these things started to attack them. He never actually got stung, but the Jack Russell got badly stung. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, luckily he was a vet, so he managed to help the dog out. But yeah, okay. surprising story. Jeez. And then for me, yeah, I guess um, ceilings seem to be the most common place. Mm. And then obviously it's, it's normally quite a bit of damage to get them out of the ceiling. Yeah. But then what we were thinking about it, if someone had a, a spider infestation, like they don't care what you do to their house, <laughs> just get the spiders out. <laughs> so that's when I think about it like that. I'm like, okay, this makes sense. They don't mind if I cut a big hole. Obviously, I always check with the people. I'm yeah. like, okay, I'm going to need to do this to get the bees out. But uh, yeah, made a bit of a mess of someone's But what sleeping. makes them attracted to little corners or roofs? Uh, they can moderate the temperature a bit better. They yeah. can moderate it. Yeah. So they actually flap their wings. So on a very hot day in your hive, all the bees will be... Uh, by the entrance and they really flap their wings and get airflow through because oh, they need to maintain a specific temperature for their brood which okay. their brood is the babies okay. so yeah if it gets too cold or too hot the babies die so they actually moderated with their flapping of their wings which is actually very interesting yeah, yeah. I've never heard of that actually as well and then obviously protection from rain is an important one but yeah. I guess you don't always need protection from rain <laughs> like uh, you said with the open ones yeah exactly okay and in terms of now going forward, the hives that you want to obviously build up um, for your quest, obviously for more hives, are you going to look at one specific type of bee or if you can, would you try to get different variations of them? So, I mean, I think I'd try yeah, for the, the, the standard bee that's here, which is in, in Zambia. Is the African killer, yeah, African killer bee or <laughs> Aphis mellifera scutellata. But from what I've seen, you can get very mild um, versions of that yeah, yeah mild temperament so and what you can do is if there's a very hot hive like the one i was trying to remove mm -hmm. you'd probably um kill the queen and requeen that hive with because all bees in a whole hive are descendants from that queen mm -hmm. so if you replace the queen then uh over about six weeks because that's a lifespan of a bee uh, all the bees would have been replaced with a more mild bees so it's always a good, I think it's a good idea to do that because otherwise it becomes dangerous. Mm. Mm. Especially on the farm here, they could kill a horse because they don't like that sweaty smell. So horses have been injured before. Oh, so actually when you run and you keep on sweating, it makes it worse. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, so that's, that's quite bad. So yeah, I try keep more mild bees if you can. If you find a very hot hive, then you, you kill the queen. Okay. Yeah. 
seems to be the best case. So yeah, you want to try keep those. And also because they'll be out on, say, a blueberry farm, you can't have people there who are spraying stuff or checking piping to get attacked. Mm. So yeah. So you want to sort of, um, and I guess that's why it makes sense that the Italian killer bees are the most common ones because you can sort of have people around them in a sort of sense. Yeah. So the Italian bees are much more, much more mild. So you can have people around them. But I mean, in America, they have got some. America, well, African killer bees that have moved up from what Colombia mm-hmm. through Texas or so, so they do generally get people to kill those. I think you had an interesting story of how African killer bees actually found their way to America. Yeah, so I mean, bees here—they're more aggressive, but they produce more honey. Mm-hmm. So there was a guy—I think it was Colombia or Brazil—I can't really remember. But anyway, he came across here and he got a whole bunch of hives and queens, and then he, yeah. He was trying to breed them mm-hmm. and trying to get the best traits out of them. Breed out that aggressiveness, like selective breeding, but then keep that high performance, um, yeah, high honey yield and all of that. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, I see one of the interns, there was a what they call a queen excluder. So the queen is a little bit bigger than all the other bees. So she can't fit through the queen excluder. So that was on all the entrances. And so the bees couldn't swarm away and... and yeah, pretty much leave without the queen. Uh, so the queen and got stuck basically one place. Yes, exactly. Then the intern accidentally removed those and then the bees spread. Uh, and then the problem was generally in a new hive or, or say a hive swarms, mm-hmm. uh, half the bees will leave with the queen. Then the second half will have uh, the hive and they would have, they'll make four new queens. Mm-hmm. And pretty much the first queen that hatches goes and kills all the other ones. Mm-hmm. And the African killer bee it always hatches one day earlier so it's got an advantage so it just kills and it, it's the dominant um, strain essentially so then if they breed with other bees they always end up as the remaining bee yeah no and i think also today you did mention something about the type of beekeeping that you do where you do not sort of well i can't remember what the term is oh treatment free yeah treatment free. yeah so explain what treatment free beekeeping is so i mean this is what i'm gonna try to do obviously quite new into the whole thing but ultimately um, you want the strong bees to survive so rather than like if your bees get a specific pro- uh, disease or or they can't feed themselves rather than helping them out you let the weaker bees die and then only strong strains move on and then you've got more resilient bees yeah because otherwise if you always yeah treating them for like mites or moths or whatever it is bugs then yeah, then they become a bit dependent on you mm. and the weaker genetics uh, carries on. But wouldn't that assist you in sort of having a a milder bee? Obviously, you're trying to weed out the aggressiveness. Aggressive. So we want to get out the aggressiveness, but yeah, still... Make them resilient at the same Still, time. yeah, see what you can do there. Oh, okay. And when you obviously, let's say you're going to have your, your bunch of hives... Um, is the idea to sort of say, well, with the pollination services that I'm going to basically transport this one hive and put it inside, let's say, the greenhouse. Yeah. And then they'll go and pollinate all the flowers. Yeah. So I went to a blueberry farm where mm-hmm. there was a few hundred hectares of blueberries and they need, I think it was like 400 hectares of blueberries and they need four hives per hectare. Okay. And the guy only, like the only guy they could find had like 200 hives. Jeez. So they didn't have nearly close to what they need. Yeah, so that's that's in massive greenhouses, yeah. Okay. And so then, like, every pole that's holding the mesh up, there's just a hive there. So that's the idea. You would take your truck there, offload all the bees, 
for that kind of thing uh, when the blueberries are flowering it's mm. like a two-week period right. yeah. so for the everyday human being who wants to start beekeeping what are let's say the first steps like let's say first few steps things to be okay let's start the first few first few steps and then last the other ones i think the next one i'll probably ask is things to be careful of or let's say rookie mistakes not to make yeah. so first few steps and then rookie mistakes not to make yeah yeah okay so first few steps so it depends where you are because <laughs> I, I, I was quite shocked when i went to america because if you want bees you go online you order your bees and they rock up in two days and then say your queen dies or something you buy a queen and she comes in a small box with a few nurse bees and yeah two days and she's there and then you've got your hive and you yeah it's like a hundred dollars or so to for the the bees whereas you can't do that here in zambia so you have to go and catch some wild bees mm -hmm. so i mean that can either consist of putting out swarm traps like i mentioned earlier mm -hmm. and catching a wild swarm or you can remove bees out of trees houses wherever yeah so that's probably the more difficult thing is actually getting the bees oh, yeah. and then once you have a hive you can split that hive and generally you want to have quite a few few or so like say you want two hives maybe start with three because one might die mm. yeah and then yeah you, once you have a strong hive you can split that so you can take half the babies out into another box mm. shake half the bees into that box and then the bees know there's no longer a queen there so they make a new queen oh, okay. so that's how you would uh Propagate. But do you have to do it in a sort of warmer climates? Obviously, like if you're in Iceland or something like that, doesn't mean that you're not going to have bees at all. No, well, there's actually you know, in Canada, people have bees. Oh, okay. Yeah, you just have better insulation in your boxes and lower yield because, mm. yeah, I think there's more honey flows here or nectar flows oh, okay. when different plants flower. Then yeah. So then and then also something that you'd have to consider is because obviously you take a bit of honey from them. Mm. and so in canada or something where it's super cold then because beekeeping is very specific to where you live okay. so there you'd have to leave quite a bit more stores for them because they need to last the whole winter whereas mm. here it hardly even gets cold in winter and there's still flowers yeah. so you could take more honey here mm. okay okay and rookie areas that people should avoid because i think last weekend <laughs> 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 not that i am part of this um, yeah. thing but i was a witness to <laughs> i guess some devastation some devastation so what are some rookie areas to avoid when you're so obviously got got those bees out of the dam wall it was a successful extraction mm. i learned a lot there but then transporting them so essentially if you get a, a beehive that you've had for a few months and you shake it it mm. doesn't the frames don't all hit each other uh, because the bees have propolis yeah so it's something they get from trees and they can sort of keep it stiff right yeah, so if they find a hole in the box, they can actually seal it up. And the lid, sometimes you'll try to pull it off and it'll be super tight because they've they put propolis there. Um, and so that stops the frames from moving around. And so I extracted these bees with new frames and now those frames can slide. And uh, obviously in Zambia, the roads aren't flat mm. and there's lots of, even the tar road is like has corrugations, surprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you didn't, you weren't sure if we had a flat tire or if that was just the road. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that oscillation uh, killed the bees. Mm. Yeah, I crushed it the bees. It was a bit sad. Yeah, obviously very sad because I was trying to rescue the bees. Um, and, yeah, they didn't make it. Um, but, yeah, learned a lot from it and I intend, yeah, to save get many your, more. And rather get hives closer to where you stay now. Exactly. But that's obviously because of the condition of the roads and transportation, right? Yes, and it was a six-hour drive, yeah. so that's that's a long drive. Okay. 
And I think there's some other things that I've seen. Obviously, you've got one hive outside here where we're staying. Yeah. And you've got, obviously, these oil cans. So what are the things that might, obviously, I think you've mentioned ants and termites. Mm. Are there, let's say, let's start with what other threats are there to your bees, except for, let's say, okay, ants, termites, what else could be a threat to your bees? Um, Yeah, so ants is a big one. Here, they generally put oil in, uh, so your legs of your beehive go into the oil things, then the, the bees or oh, the ants can't go through. In Makushi area, I spoke to some guys there and they hang their hive from the top of a tree because apparently there's these fire ants and they just keep going into the oil till they're all dead and they fill up the oil and then the other ones walk on the dead bodies and get in and kill the bees. So <laughs> those guys are resilient. So fire ants in certain areas can be quite hectic. Then diseases, um, uh, there's what mites that you get that seems to be more in america mm-hmm. um and yeah there are quite a few more diseases that you do get um, i'm trying to think of the other ones um obviously there's wax moth that can they eat the wax and uh-huh. can ha- be a problem for hives i think that could be a problem here i spoke to the one guy about it he used to keep bees and then um there's something yeah varroa mite is a big one in america okay. and then american fowl brood and stuff but i don't think we we have uh, american fowl brood because that's a big problem like they actually make you kill all your hives if, if, they, got if they've got that yeah Jeez. um so anyway hopefully that doesn't come to zambia anytime soon um but yeah so that, those are the big big problems and then another thing we don't really think of in other countries is theft because oh. here someone will yeah if you leave because you, you often you can only keep 20 or 25 bees beehives in a sp- certain location because yeah. they need a specific like area to forage so obviously if there's too many bees and they'll starve mm. so you need lots of locations if you want a few thousand hives and then now obviously people just have them out on farms but now if people are stealing them there's a problem yeah guys will just break it open and steal all the honey uh, yeah or just steal the whole hive so that that's a big one here yeah. uh, so I'll have to see how I can combat that. And then I think you also mentioned that people can poison hives. So what exactly is, I won't say what's in the poison, is it almost like bug spray or something like that, but what exactly is the poison? Because I think there was something you you spoke about where they sort of lose location or sense of ability. Yeah, well, there's uh, chemicals they put on on plants. Uh, I'm trying to think of the the type of plant, but it's a seed coating. Mm -hmm. And essentially it's, it's inside the plants. And so any bug that eats it can can die. And with bees, it doesn't seem to necessarily kill them, but it disorientates them and they don't make it home. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think, what's the name of that? Um, um, anyway, I'll think of it later. Right. But yeah, it's a specific compound. It's a herbicide mm. that's a bit of a problem. And it's widespread in America around here. That's, that's quite, yeah, brutal. So that's 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 a problem. Like some guys, they'll spread next door, and half their bees will disappear Jeez. or die, or yeah. But now, also in the sense of just in certain terms of, I think what you're trying to do is obviously there's a business plan, but it's also about bee conservation. How important are bees to our society, to Africa, to the world, to mm-hmm. food production, to everything? Like I don't think I think some people maybe just look at bees as pests. But obviously, they're quite important in our ecosystem. So what happens if we start losing more bees, I guess? Yeah, so they say that 30% of the food you eat is pollinated by bees. Mm. So if bees go extinct, it'll be a big problem for us. So that that's a big one. Um, and a, a good reason to keep bees around and, and uh, yeah, 
that that I say would be the biggest the security of food mm. yeah so obviously you obviously growing up on a farm and stuff like that I think you obviously did coffee I don't know if bees actually go pollinate coffee beans and all that kind of stuff there yeah but so you yeah. see it as quite important that there is someone that's actually doing this job of conserving bees yeah exactly okay and everyone talks about bees obviously there's a lot of other pollinators yeah but bees is something that we've domesticated and actually keep and can help with that yeah well what other other pollinators i guess except for bees and i'm guessing though can you actually keep them like you do let's say keep bees so i don't know what else pollinates but can you actually try farm them to sort of pollinate I don't know anything else that's farmed, but I know that flies, wasps, beetles, a lot of other things. Um, and there's a lot of different types of bees, like obviously we keep the honeybees, but there's um, bumblebees, there's a lot of different other bees. Uh, okay. Apparently there's thousands of different species of bees. Yeah. So all of those are also pollinators, pollinators yes, which is important. Do bumblebees sting? Sorry, that's the word. I don't <laughs> even know. I think they do, but can't say. Oh, an in- interesting fact is... Uh, about the like distribution of a hive yeah. so there's obviously normally one queen yeah i have heard online that you can sometimes get like six or two in one hive, in one hive. Okay. but generally it's it's one queen and then 90 percent or so are worker bees and those are all females mm-hmm. and then there's 10 percent male bees and they can't sting which is okay. surprising and also they don't do anything useful besides mate so <laughs> everyone says they're pretty useless they just sit there eat the eat the honey eat the pollen and then they mate with other queens they don't mate with the queen in the okay. hive so they just chill out and then yeah it's interesting and they've also got the six weeks and then they just die yeah Jeez. pretty much and uh yeah it's, it's quite wild another interesting fact is uh i didn't realize was when the queen, so say a new queen hatches, she's a virgin queen, she needs to go mate. So mm-hmm. she'll leave the hive mm-hmm. and go mate with a few drones. Mm-hmm. But then she can live like three to five years. Without leaving the hive. Without leaving the hive. So she stores that sperm for that whole time and lays millions of bees pretty much. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a YouTube channel or Instagram account or something like that dedicated to beekeeping? Or is it just, how do we get hold of you basically? So Instagram, not yet, but I've got yeah, my standard account is just Alexander Siddle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, YouTube channel to come. Probably okay. it's looking like it could be Zambi. I don't know. But we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Got some footage and we'll see how it goes. Okay. No, thanks very much for that, Alex. It's been a pleasure talking about bees and your adventure <laughs> and hope there's more to come. Thanks, Anna. Cool. Been a blast. Cheers. <laughs>